What's up everybody, it's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the new office. Uh, you might notice it sounds a little different. Um, that's because I'm in an actual room with sheetrock and paint and a ceiling. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully uh, I can impart some wisdom, help you guys out. Uh, if you feel that you learned something and would like to contribute you do have a Patreon page, you can uh, kick down a dollar if you feel like it. Um, head over to Patreon for Binder Boneyard Podcast. Um, don't forget to follow us on uh, YouTube and Instagram and all the other fun places. So uh, we are out and about and easy to find. So thank you again for, for listening in. Appreciate everybody. Um, don't forget the Facebook page that supports us um, pretty regularly is the uh, Scouts and Truck Owners of the World uh, Advice, Parts and Advice page. Um, make sure you get that uh, advice part on there because there's a, another page that does not have that. Uh, pretty much a dummy page created by somebody that is trying to uh, undercut some of the other Facebook pages for the for their own financial gain. So um, make sure that if you're looking at scout pages, you want that scout owners of the world parts and advice page. So anyway, oh, and then if you really feel like it, you can join our Facebook page, the um, Scout and Truck Mafia. So. Uh, I have to approve that one, so don't be surprised if you join and it takes a little bit to get approved. Um, so this weekend I went wheeling, broke some stuff, um, and so it kind of made me think about this podcast and maybe we should do one about wheeling and off-roading and whatnot. Um, and the things that I've learned over the years that um, that some things are overrated, some things get done out of order, um, some things get done unnecessarily because the internet says they should, or you read something on a forum page or a magazine or something, and you think that you need it. So we're gonna dispel some myths and try to, you know, help you build the best possible off-road machine. Now, we're gonna assume that you're starting with the Scout. Um, we're also gonna assume that you already have some of the basic things like a roll bar, you have a seat belt, you have a functioning rig, uh, you know, like good tires, that kind of thing. Um, you know, there's no sense in building a wicked off-road machine if you're going to die at any moment, uh, that's not the best way to operate a machine. So um, the first thing I try to encourage people to do is don't run out and buy a lift kit. Don't bother lifting your rig and putting big tires on it. 
if you haven't handled some of the other more important things first. And there's nothing better in a wheeler than having control. Control is the most important part of, of wheeling. It's, you know, it makes you feel confident and it's safe, um, keeps you from banging up your rig. You know, sheet metal is getting expensive and you don't want to turn your scout into a walnut. So the, the first thing that I try and, you know, impart to everyone is make sure that the brakes work good. Make sure that your steering is up to snuff. Make sure your engine runs right. You know, maybe you need to put a, you know, do some carburetor modifications so that it doesn't die on hills or you need to, you know, do the off-road kit, the needle and seed and the bowl vent and that kind of thing. Or you go all the way to fuel injection, you know, if you're trying to, you know, make it a more reliable rig and better off-road, then, you know, you might look into that Holly Sniper or something like that. Um, so just make sure that your stuff actually works right in the first place. Um, because it's just miserable when it doesn't run like it should. And, and then if you're in a group of people and you're constantly blocking the trail or holding everyone up or your hood's always up or every time you stop, you have problems, you don't want to be that guy. Definitely don't be that guy or girl on the trail. So first thing is just make sure shit works right. Then secondly, what goes along with control is gearing you want to have low gears for more control so you can go slower. You know, if you're in the rocks, if you're on the West Coast and there's a lot of rock trails out here, the Rubicon, you go to Moab, you know, all that stuff, you want lower gears. So, you know, if you're in a Scout 80 or 800, you're going to have 427s, usually, which is a, a good low gear. If you're in a Scout 2, you're going to, you know, not have 427s. You're going to be like 354s uh, or 307s. Uh, it just depends. But, you know, so I recommend people gear down, you know, um, to something that's reasonable. Like a 410 in a stock Scout is... You can still drive it on the highway. Um, yeah, you're, you're limited to 62, but you can still drive it on the highway and still have better control off-road. Um, there's a big difference in gearing between a 307 and a 409 or 410. Uh, I mean, that's an entire revolution of the gear set difference. So um, I recommend gearing secondary uh, after you know the operation then while you're in the gear set if you can afford it i recommend a traction aid whether it be a full locker like a detroit uh, or a, I, I don't recommend spools in street driven trucks they're cheap but man they make driving them on the road squirrely and quirky um, even Detroit's don't always work the best. I mean, they work amazing, but they're not the best for driving on the road. They uh, have a tendency to 
get squirrely and wobble around and do weird shit like that. So, you know, if it's in your budget, you want a selectable locker like a, an Eaton E-Locker or an ARB Air Locker. You know, they're not cheap. They're, you know, 1000 bucks, 1100 bucks a piece. So, you know, there you're looking at $22, $2,400 just for traction front and rear. But, man, do they make a difference. They really make a difference. You can wheel on a Scout with 31-inch tires and good gears and full lockers. You can go infinitely more places than your buddy with a four-inch lift and 33s and no lockers. It's just... It's science. You like you can't argue with having four tires all turning together, getting you someplace. You know, it's really, it's really that beneficial. I think it's just it's incredible how well having dual lockers and decent gears works. Uh, the next step would be gearing in the transfer case. Uh, I like. The, you know, the Dana 20s are only two to one, um, you know, in low range and then one to one in high range, of course. So if you can have either, you know, we build the low gear sets for the Dana 20s, um, but they only work in manual transmission trucks. Uh, advanced adapters, I believe, and I think it's JB Conversions sells the 315 low gear sets for the Dana 20s, but they're kind of weak and I don't like them. Um, the, the, the 243 kits that we install, um, they're much more durable, um, you know, and they do get you a little bit better low range. The other option, if you have an automatic, again, it's a little more money, but you swap out the tail housing um, for a Dodge or AMC 727 tail housing. And then you can run the round pattern transfer cases like a Dana 300 or an Atlas or, you know, a flipped 231, you know, any of those round pattern stuff like that, you can run behind that 727. So that's what I did with my Wheeler. It has the round pattern output. Um, if you have an 800, um, you know, you're, you really want to find a four speed uh, if you have a three speed. If you have a four speed, um, you can build a wide ratio four speed, which is a deeper first gear. Um, if you have an 80, you are stuck with that three speed unless you want to go to all the work to swap in the 800 four speed, which is a lot of work, but it can be done. So, um, you know, that's, so that's moving up the line. You change your axle gearing and then you change transfer case if you can, uh, or, or the transmission gearing, if you can, that gives you even more control. And yet you can still drive it on the road, um, you know, in, in high range and all that stuff is still streetable. So you're pretty much, you know, what they call a sleeper at that point, because no one would suspect dual lockers, low gears, you know, the off-road ability that you have on stock size tires, you know, 
And then if you are staying stock and you're going for the sleeper, then yeah, put some, put some good mud terrains on there. And, uh, and you'll be amazed at the kind of performance that you have off-road. You know, if it's running good, brakes work good, that kind of thing, you will, you will get, get into some places that you never would have thought you could have gotten into before. Um, just remember that if you put in a front locker, it makes steering difficult. Uh, when you lock those front shafts together, it wants the steering, it wants to make the, the tires point straight ahead. Um, so you will turn the wheel and then try to accelerate and with the locker on, it will pull the wheel out of your hand. So be prepared for quirks like that. Um, a lot of people like to run a full locker in the back and like a limited slip in the front, like a power lock or a track lock or something like that. Um, so now that you've covered all of the important parts and you've been wheeling for a while and you've learned the limits of your rig, whether it be, you know, snow or mud or, or the rocks are just too big for your 31s and you can't pick a good line anymore. Then it's time for suspension, you know, and that's, again, if you listen to the suspension podcast, I talk about springovers. They are, in my opinion, the best, they are the best off-road suspension package uh, without breaking the bank. I mean, it's still expensive. I mean, it's a five grand to do a springover. Or, you know, two grand if you buy all the parts yourself and do it all yourself and are frugal. But, um, you know, good, good heavy-duty shackles, good bushings in the frame, new bushings in the springs, clean up the springs. You know, when you're doing that spring over, make sure you get good pinion angles because you don't want a binding. You don't want the U-joints binding up when you, you know, are off-road. So, um, you do all that, you know, gives you the chance to get heavy duty drive shafts. It really checks a lot of boxes off, um, all at once when you do that, do that setup. Cause you do get the heavy duty drive shafts and you do get the fancy extended braided brake lines and the high steer with the one ton tie rod ends and the heavy duty steering links and uh, you know, brings your steering rod up way out of harm's way. While you're doing it, you might as well put heavy duty diff covers on if you haven't already. Um, you know, you're going to use five eighths U bolts because they're the biggest, burliest, heavy dutiest U bolts out there. Um, so yeah, so I mean that spring over lift just knocks all of the boxes out. Uh, so now if you've got lockers, gears, transmission gears. Now you've got 33s and a good suspension. You're going to be able to get into even more stuff. Now is the time you have to decide, do you want body armor, you know, like bumpers and sliders, uh, and that kind of thing? Or do you want to cut away parts of the body that can get damaged? So, that's, you know, you'll have to decide how rusty your scout is and what your end goal is and be okay with the fact you're going to probably start taking damage if you haven't already, depending on how you wheel. You know, and all this work, I'm hoping, takes place over the course of 
at least a year or two so that you can modify and then drive and learn how the rig works with that modification and get get proficient at using the rig as it is modified and then you move on to the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing because if you just do everything all at once and then you jump in it and try to go wheel the rubicon that first three miles is going to be a real learning experience that you might not be ready for so you know make sure make sure that you're ready for that um and now that you're in a place you know where you are getting into trouble like i said you're going to want to make sure you have <clears throat> you're going to want to have a winch um you know the winch can be invaluable you may have already upgraded to that when you were on 31s just because you did get stuck someplace or you did realize you needed it um you know but now with the bigger tires and all that you're taxing your drivetrain so now, you know, you have to ask yourself, am I staying on 33s or am I going to 35s or am I going bigger? You know, and, and a lot of times if you can have the self-restraint to stay on 33s, you can run alloy axle shafts with, you know, heavy duty um, axle U-joints and good drive shafts and not really break anything too regularly. Um, if you run stock stuff, you will break axles regularly. And if you try to go past about a 35, you will break stuff, you know, anything over you know, 37s, even on chromolys and, and heavy duty, you know, high end axle parts, you will start breaking even with, you know, those good things. If you get above a 37, you will start breaking them. So. You know, you have to decide if you're going for 40s or whatever, then you're going to want a 14 bolt in the rear and a 60 in the front or Super Duty 60 and, you know, the Sterling rear, whatever you can get. Um, or you go custom axles, you know, like the Curry or Dynatrack or even Spicer makes aftermarket axles now. Um, I know Jeff at IH Parts America is running the Super 60s in his top secret uh ultimate adventure project truck so uh, yeah so that's something you need to think about yourself uh and i know everyone says it i mean i did it in the beginning was like oh i'm only gonna do this i'm only gonna move up to this size tire i'm only gonna do this and you know now i'm driving a scout that's been pinched and bobbed and narrowed and sectioned and full cage and hydraulic steering and you know and it was only just going to be you know a little bit of work here and there and it turned into this full thing so yeah it is what it is but anyway you need to, to have that talk with yourself and figure out what you're going for um but anyway you know, once once you get to there, then you need to start thinking about accessories. Like I said, rear bumper, winch bumper, sliders, um, you know, more recovery gear. Make sure you've got your straps. Don't ever wrap your winch cable around a tree. Always use a strap. <clears throat> um, you know, having tools, carrying your spares, carrying your parts, carrying extra fluids. You know, get put your medicine cabinet in the back. Like. 
so many people do. Um, know your rig, make sure you have what you need and know what you might rig. Um, you know, if you have a weak point or something that is sick, you know, your steering box is leaky or your tire on ends are wobbly or something like that, you're going to want to make sure that you either fix that before you go wheeling or at least you know, for God's sake, at least have the parts with you in the rig. So if it does fail on the trail, you can fix it. So, um, you know, those, those are kind of my, my high points, like I said, from the beginning, don't run out and buy a lift kit and tires that it will just frustrate you when you're getting passed by people on smaller tires with better part. Um, you can always you know, upgrade the tires and lift later and know that you have the capable parts already in there that can make, that can utilize those tires. So, um, yeah, you know, and then like you, you start getting into the harder stuff then fuel injection does become more, um, necessary. I mean, I still wheel on a carb, but it's, you know, it could be better. Um, yeah, like I said, then you look at like hydraulic assist steering, ram assist steering. That's super helpful. You know, you go to four wheel disc brakes. Um, maybe now, you know, you need even more gearing. So you switch to the um, Atlas transfer case. You, know, you got four to ones or some heavy duty gear set in there. You know, it just, it's never ending. The amount of stuff that you can put into your wheeler to be to be in more control and to be having more enjoyable time you know, i tell you you know it's really nice to be able to just put it in gear put it in low range sit back in your nice seat and just run a trail without anything breaking without anything getting messed up without having to worry about you know running into something and just enjoy the trail enjoy the scenery enjoy the camaraderie of being with other people that like to wheel too and um you know it really goes a long ways because if you're in there and you're you know the truck's overheating and you're fighting the steering wheel and your old lady's yelling at you because she's scared and you know it's rough and hot and kids in the back seat crying because they don't you know it's whatever it's not fun it's not and and it'll sour the experience to other people that want to go or that are there and then they don't want to come back so you know it's important to just keep that sort of thing in mind um and know that know the capabilities of your rig and and know what what you need to do to make it safe and capable and comfortable um so yeah like i said in the beginning this is all assuming that you already have a roll bar you already have seat belts you already have a storage method for your parts so they're not flying around and hitting you in the head in the event of a rollover um you know when you get certain size tires you know full cage is definitely going to be better than a roll bar um a cross chest traditional seat belt is better than a lap belt um you know so things like that to consider 
uh, you know, you just want to make sure you're as safe as possible. Um, I've known a few people that have died over the years from not being safe. And, you know, it's always a bummer when you hear about it. And so, you know, you don't want to get out there and be in the middle of nowhere and have some sort of accident and not be able to get help or, or something like that. So, you know, it's important to have good safety gear, have protective gear and be mindful of those sorts of things. So anyway, hopefully there wasn't too much info all at once there, but, um, yeah, hopefully you learned something. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, you can always reach out on the socials and, um, and I can try my best to answer, answer additional questions on Instagram. I usually do like a tech Thursday, um, where you can ask me questions in my Instagram story. Uh, so if you have questions, go ahead and hit me up there. Uh, anyway, I think that'll do it for today. So thanks for listening. And uh, I'm Dan from Binder Bone Yard.